Quiet. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. But running the boards is Joey Dees. He's gone fishing. He has. Does he fish? For board games. Okay, there you go. On today's show, we will talk about the release date for the Book of Boba Fett. Boba. Joe will give us his first impressions on Apple TV Plus's foundation. Watch it. <laughs> we will talk with Gareth von Kallenbach about Babylon 5, The Boys, and Venom, and of course the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, BJGeekNation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 Or just search for BJ Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Yes, a uh, lot of stuff to get through and uh, not a lot of time because, well, we're just jam-packed with stuff. Disney Plus did announce that the premiere for the book of Boba Fett will happen December 29th. So before the uh, new year begins, nice. you'll be able to get yourself a little bit of a late Christmas present in the uh, world of The Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, obviously, this is not the sequel or the second season to The Mandalorian. This is its own offshoot that is really revolving around what uh, Boba Fett is doing on Tatooine. Because mm-hmm. as we saw at the end of The Mandalorian, he took up the seat of uh, old of Jabba's old seat and uh, now is trying to vie for the control of the planet of Tatooine. Tatooine. Um, yep, both uh, Boba Fett and the mercenary Fennec Shand will be navigating the galaxy's underworld. So that will, again, be the 29th of December. I think it finishes right when about Hawkeye finishes. Or it starts right when about Hawkeye finishes. So, uh, you know, they don't want to have any cross between uh, having to watch your Star Wars and your uh, and your uh, Marvel stuff. But also... It's, I mean, it's not competing because everything is episodic. You get it every week. Mm-hmm. That being said... They want you to keep your subscription. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, this is how they get you, which I'm okay with. I'm really excited yep. to see how this is going. Vicky, I know that you're going as Baby Yoda for <laughs> Halloween when, um, uh, with your two-year-old uh, brother going yes. as uh, the Mandalorian, which is adorable. Well, it, and it started off, I jokingly said that once, and then Costco, side note, if you have kids and you need costumes that aren't super expensive, Costco has, like, full-on costumes for kids for, like, 17 bucks. Wow. So that's why I'm like, screw it, doing the Mandalorian. And I had previously seen that onesie. I'm like, I don't need it. It's fine. (laughs) And with all my powers combined, my rewards, birthday money, you know, that you get for, you know, $5 on us, plus my my power of couponing, I scored a really good deal on the onesie. So (laughs) Nice. Okay. I am happy. Good idea on that one. That's amazing. Uh, Now, moving on from that, going uh, into a different sci-fi thing. We talked about this last week because it had dropped the first two episodes uh, on Apple TV Plus, and we're talking about Foundation, which the premise is Foundation chronicles the thousand-year saga of the Foundation, a band of exiles who discover that the only way to save the Galactic Empire from destruction is to defy it. And I know BJ was very, very stoked about this because it's based off the writings of Isaac Asimov. And I've seen some reports about it, and I don't have Apple TV+, Plus, so I haven't had a chance to see it, but I'm very intrigued by it. And Joe, you can't stop talking about about this thing because you did watch the first two episodes. That's right, and I'm mostly talking about the CGI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you even mentioned to me that like talking anything about the plot is going to basically give away what the, what they're doing. Yeah, uh, there's a lot in these first two episodes. They have tumped 
I would say, movie amounts of money into it. I mean, I it's about an hour and 50 minutes, maybe two hours total between the two episodes. Okay. And it's pure, you know, CGI and costumes and great acting and a very interesting plot. I don't know how deep it is. I heard it goes off a little bit from where the books are, so people are a little unhappy about that. Which they generally will be, but guys, the books are still out there. You can read them yeah. again. <laughs> which is fine. Again, this is this kind of genre, which is fantasy, sci-fi, thriller. It has a lot to do with math. It's very my genre, so I might be a little bit uh, biased in this uh, sense. But I will tell you that even if you don't like the storyline, just for the CGI alone, it's worth watching. I think in terms of what Game of Thrones has done to set the standard for where these no- or where these shows can go over multiple seasons and how much money you can put into them, I, I mean, it, this one's setting a new high. I, I can't even... Wow. I, it's got to be the most expensive two episodes in television history. <laughs> now, that's... It, it, like. Just the fact that you're saying that how beautiful this is, and even I saw one report that uh, a friend of mine posted that uh, the 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 movie is beautiful and it's intriguing in a way that he didn't expect a a book about essentially math to be like this intriguing um, on a small screen. Yeah, let me see if I can not spoil it. So essentially, the foundation is uh, the idea that math has proven that the current government will fail. Essentially, okay, and they're trying to figure out how to preserve humanity through the dark ages, if you will, that are to come because it's going to result in enough war that it's going to destroy the world. Imagine if the earth got nuked, except on a galactic scale. <laughs> wow, and they were trying to figure out how to save the universe. Okay, okay, okay. And of course, what does every government want to do? Deny, 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 deny. They this want isn't or, going to happen, or they know? want to be the ones that come out on top, yeah, sort of thing like that. And they don't want to cause panic, et cetera, et cetera. But when like the math checks out then why wouldn't you want to maybe possibly prevent that or at least be able to, like you said, stop it? And if you've seen the trailers, they're kind of leading towards that as well, where they're trying to figure out what to keep, what things are worthwhile in terms of like knowledge, people, all of that stuff. And again, it's interesting because it's a... It's a thousand-year journey, and I wonder how much they're going to be able to do with something like that, like or how they're going to go about with all of this. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, I won't lie. The storyline could go downhill quickly. <laughs> but I don't think it matters in the same sense that why I enjoy like every Marvel product, even if I nitpick it. It's mm-hmm. that the amount of money and time and effort that goes into it generally outweighs any of the negative. Yeah. And I think this, is, this series will be that at the very worst. And it has a lot of ceilings. So, I mean, if they keep the budget and the actors are great, obviously, Mm -hmm. they always are. Uh, I don't see this going anywhere but up. Nice. And again, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a weekly series. They dropped the first two episodes last week, and the third episode is out right now. So if you have that service, check it out. And I mean, BJ's been touting, uh, I mean, first off, everyone loves Ted Lasso, but he was even touting other stuff like C. So there's a bunch of programming on Apple TV+, Plus that it seems to be at this point in time a, a worthwhile uh, pickup for your subscriptions. Definitely. And Apple's got a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, they do, apparently, what you're talking about there. So that's cool. That's something great to look forward to. Uh, moving on from that, we've got our good friend, Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at SKNR.net with a bunch of TV and movie news. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And Gareth, we're talking a little bit about TV, and then we're going to end up with some movie stuff. And let's start off with the big news that has people. I know BJ is super excited for this. Babylon 5 is getting a reboot. It's important to know this has not been a guarantee right now. This is, as we understand it, Straczynski, the creator, is 
going ahead like this is all set. But from what I understand, it is at the point where he's got to come in with the script. He's got to come in. I'm sure they've got the whole understanding. But from what I gather, they have not committed to, okay, we're going forward with this as a series. But at least you kind of get the idea that that's a formality because I don't think they would want to have this much attention going on where everyone from the crater to other people are coming forward and saying, yep, this is happening, only to say, yeah, the script didn't come together, it fell apart. Well, I mean, and then even at that point, if you think about it, sure, uh, HBO Max brought it back and people are getting excited about that. This seems to be able to drum up some more of that that sort of swell of support that you really need in order to uh, be able to get a show going on. You need to make sure that the audience is there unless something dramatic happens in terms of like, nope, like everyone stops watching the old one on HBO Max or there is like a huge hullabaloo between creators or actors or anything like that. Like it doesn't seem like it would fail at this point just because it does seem like people are very excited for this. Exactly. And, you know, and here are my my concerns from it. So it's going on the CW. And Ooh. and that was my first concern was that I <laughs> and then Straczynski came out and he said, you know, this is this is a reboot simply for the fact that, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but several of the original cast have passed away. And then yeah, the ones yeah. that are around are older. So you can't really do a, a continuation and while part of me says, well, you could probably do like Babylon 5, the next generation, I get that. And he and he has said this is going to be a reboot. He's the one creating it. He's the one writing it, as he did most of Babylon 5. So that that is, you know, that's something I'm really happy about. Yeah. But then he's also said, but we're not going to be we cannot follow the story as it has been done. We're not going to retell this story. So you're not going to be able to sit there and say, I know where this is going. I saw this. <laughs> and and that is kind of where I'm, I'm a little concerned, because when I first heard it and they all the, the pre-release talked about Captain Sheridan. So we all think of Bruce Boxleitner. Oh, yeah. And and I'll, I'll be honest, I'm going to be a bit cynical here. <laughs> My concern was when I heard it's on the CW is so we're going to get a 20 something wonderkin captain Sheridan. And are we going to have the comedic Cisco like sidekick? That's going to be a necessity. And is it going to be kind of like Riverdale in that it dances around the, um, you know, drama and the adult content, but it's going to have its healthy share of, teen angst and you know are they going to hook up and are they not going to hook up and that sort of thing and see and that that to be honest was my concern because i remember crusade tnt this is not the show that we thought we were getting and i i just i'm very concerned about straczynski and his vision for babylon 5 not wanting to compromise it with well, you know, we need to put some sexuality into this because that's what happened with Crusade. They started to, oh, we need this and we need that and we need this. And it's kind of like if you step back and let the man do what he does, he's shown you that he's going to create something wonderful. 
Yeah, and I mean the, the the fear is real when it comes down to that too because you did you did talk about Riverdale, but another show, a couple of shows that have been recently rebooted on the C Dub include Charmed and also Kung Fu. And I know BJ was watching Kung Fu and he had to tap out just because it wasn't it wasn't close enough to the old original for him to actually want to be able to sit through it at that point in time. Exactly, and see, uh, you know, and and I I would assume. He would not have agreed, he being Straczynski, to do this if these things had not been addressed. At the same time, you also know these are all factors that are going to be in there. But there's also the hammer now of we don't have to worry as much about the -the over-the-air market because we stream through the app and we also have streaming services to look Mm -hmm. forward to. I'd be really curious to see how adult it is. That is my thing, how you know, they they did a good job of being dark when they needed to without being overly dark with a lot of implications and stuff like that. How much of it are they actually going to push? It's a good point. Kind of excited to see what they're going to do with it. We'll have to see down the pipe uh, what happens. Now, I know that there is one show that will not be getting a spinoff on CW, which is The Boys, but are, there are talks about actually giving it a spinoff. Correct. The spinoff has been approved as far as we understand it at Amazon. And this came as news that season three has already completed filming and they're in the uh, post-production phase. Now, now the spinoff is (laughs) quite humorous. Uh, It's basically about essentially a college or an academy for aspiring superheroes that is put on by the corporation. Oh, okay. And they said, so think about a bunch of 20-somethings, young 20-somethings, who are uh, hormonally charged up that are competing with each other physically, sexually, and emotionally. (laughs) And on top of it, there's the underlying thing of they're all competing for contracts with cities. So they're all trying to outdo one another to basically get the prime contract because, as we saw from last season, I don't want Akron, Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, right. And that was even seeing that like in the show itself, like you could get downgraded to a smaller market, which is funny working in something like media where that's a whole thing. Like working in Seattle is a major market for me, but you know, that you never know. You could end up, like you said, in Akron, like it's one of those that is a fear, but turning that into something for superheroes, it's kind of hilarious. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of like if you want to throw in a basketball reference, I always used to laugh about the, so you took the Sonics out of the Seattle market to move them to the Oklahoma City market. <laughs> now, there is a massive drop down in media market share and size. So, you know, it, it, but it is a concern. And, you know, that that is going to be very interesting because, you know, it's going to have the sex, you know, it's going to have the violence. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it will also help explain how the corporation develops these people, how the recruitment process into the other cities and the insecurities. I mean, we've already seen from Homelander about how (laughs) concerned he is about his brand all the time. So it'll be really interesting to see. I love it. I love that. I just love anything that the boys are doing, and I'm very happy that season three is getting on that, getting the the special effects done, and they're going to be coming out hopefully soon. But now, something that is out today that people are very excited for, uh, the original movie, uh, Venom, was a little bit of a, uh, I, you know, it kind of came up with a little bit of a hype. I waited a while because I really wasn't expecting much out of it. Ended up catching it, I think, on like HBO Max eventually, or maybe Stars or something. 
uh, and loved it. And so I think a lot of people kind of felt that as well. So when we're getting into Venom, Let There Be Carnage, I know you've seen it. What are you telling people about this movie? Uh, temper your expectations. <laughs> I, you know, I, I kind of say it's okay, but for me it could have been better. Uh, I like the first film better. That being said, there are some elements to it that are definitely enjoyable. And, and you know, it, it's funny. as I it, Down here when we do our screenings, we have to meet with the reps immediately afterwards and give them our reactions right there on the spot. And they write them down and send them off to the studio. So, mm-hmm. you know, that can be a little tricky when you're sitting here still trying to process it. And all of a sudden you have to go, well, what, what exactly is my thought right here, right now? I don't have the evening to, the, to digest it, days to think it up. And I, I kind of equated it to the Marvel effect. And by that, I mean, if you look back, from let's go even the 70s with the early Superman films. Some of them hit, some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, superhero films. And we've had everything from people have tried to do the Green Hornet. They've tried to do oh, Spawn. Yeah. We've had the Phantom. You know, we've had the Shadow. We'll look at the Batman movies. Uh, you know, look at look at Green Lantern. Look at the DC ones. You can go on and on and on with all these movies. Some of them were hits and some of them were, and a lot of them were abject failures. And, you know, you kind of look at what, what worked, what didn't work. Well, one of the biggest problems that I felt is that for too many of these films, you had either studio interference or you had the people involved saying, I'm going to do my take on this. Mm -hmm. And it upsets the, the fan base. And, you know, I, I almost hate to use this example, but I kept thinking of Daredevil at times when I watched this, not the TV show, oh, the Ben Affleck movie. What are you doing, man? In that, <laughs> yeah, in that, you you look at it, and it's kind of like they were doing these humorous areas. Some of them worked, and some were almost cringeworthy. And there were times where I was going, are they trying to make a parody? And then... When they get to the action, you go, okay, you know, this is good, but you basically have CGI characters banging around, making a lot of noise. I've seen this before. And what what it comes back to was, unlike the Marvel films, you didn't have the emotional investment in the characters. I think back to, like, Avengers Endgame, and yes, I know it has a significantly higher budget, but you think about that battle with Thanos after the snap. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden the portals opened and all the missing started to return to the battlefield or when the hammer didn't end up in Thor's hand, but ended up in someone else's hand. And remember how the theater absolutely erupted yeah. because this was like years of storylines building to this. You didn't have that. It felt kind of like a, uh, you know, by the numbers, uh, you're like, hey, you're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to show the bad guy bad guy's going to go and cause all this destruction and damage. And you all know the hero is going to meet up with him and there's going to be a loud climactic scene and done. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it was kind of like right? yeah. on its own, it was fine. It was entertaining. You know, there were some funny moments. There was some action, but you look at it and go, but yeah, man, that, you know, I just keep thinking of Marvel studios had made this film 
it would have been so much better. You know, look what happened when Sony finally went to them and said, hey, we're, we need your help with Spider-Man. Look how much better Spider-Man got when Marvel got in and said, not only are we going to help you, we're going to fold it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so the good thing to it, without spoiling anything, is there is a mid credit scene, which for me is the best part of the film, that I wow. think opens up a whole world of possibilities and actually got the best reaction of the night from the press audience that was there, where you look at it and go, <laughs> if they're going where I think they're going to go, now we've got something. Nice, nice. And even like sort of those things where it leads into more more stuff is always fun. But, I mean, it's the fact that if you I, – I feel that if you enjoyed Venom – you probably know what you're getting into when you're going in with into carnage so it being a little formulaic isn't that the isn't the worst thing in the world i mean i mean you didn't have to pay for it but do you feel as a normal moviegoer you would get your money's worth at it at a matinee yeah, yeah. and like i said yeah. you know it, yeah. it's the thing if you went on its own you could say oh that was you know fun but forgettable maybe or it was fun it's just i feel for myself marvel has set the standard so much higher for comic book superhero films that in comparison, you know, I look at, I can look at black widow and Shang Chi and say, yeah, those were for me much better or much more enjoyable films, even with flaws. Some of the Marvel films, well, mm -hmm. all, all of them, I would say I enjoyed better. Good so, call. You know, yep. Yeah. Good call on that, man. It's like everyone has their opinion on that, so it's fun to hear it from you. And I mean, you are our source for all sorts of geeky news reviews and everything because, hell, it's skewed and reviewed. See, so sometimes you got to do a little bit of both. Gareth von Kallenbach, again, you can find all the information and more at sknr.net. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you, Gareth. And now it's time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? Well, I know. Gareth just talked about Venom stealing my thunder, but whatevs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm very, very much excited. I'm very late to the game with watching the first Venom, being this year that I watched it, and I'm very excited for Venom Let There Be Carnage. Yes, and I think one of the things I've seen, because even a person that you've brought up on TikTok, Straw Hat Goofy, oh, yeah. he went and he got to see it early too, is first off, like the first movie, Kind of temper your expectations. Mm -hmm. Like, don't expect this to be anything other than what the first one was. Was mm -hmm. very fun and a pretty good um, realization of a '90s bad anti-hero mm -hmm. sort of guy. So, kind of expect that. Oh man, I'm I, I'm excited, especially since Tom, like we have Andy Serkis, who is the director. Tom Hardy's also a screenwriter. You can tell this is just kind of like a passion project. So, yeah, right. Uh, as of right now, of the record time of the recording, it is seventy four percent on the tomato meter. Nice. Okay, and so I mean that's it's got like fifty reviews, and that's pretty solid at this point in time. I feel at like this. I mean, like I said, like it's a sequel. If it's keeping the same theme as the other one, plus it's a shorter runtime, it's not going to be like a three hour monstrosity. So you don't have to necessarily worry about that. You go in, you get to see the fun stuff, and I mean, you can listen back, and you just heard Gareth talk about it too. So. Uh, uh, it, you kind of know what you're going to get in on this it's one. It's funny how like an hour and a half is like a short movie. Right? <laughs> I know. Before it would be uh, a little, you know, like. Like an hour maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or like I've seen those like the 84-minute the movies. I'm like, oh, what happened there? But, I mean, for like some of the schlock that was in like the, the 80s and 90s, mm -hmm. that was a good runtime for those. Because right? you get you get to the meat of it without having to worry about, worry about the, well, I guess the fat. 
Well, that and because they couldn't afford it. Yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, not really geeky, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. The Many Saints of Newark. Yeah. So this is basically, from what I understand, The Sopranos prequel. You're yeah. kind of learning about young Anthony Soprano, who we know uh, Tony Soprano was... Uh, James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gandolfini. So <laughs> the cool thing, aside from this having a lot of actors that I really like, like Ray Liotta, John Bernthal... Oh, nice. Young Tony Soprano is being played by Michael Gandolfini, his son. Do they look similar? I assume Uh, they do. They look fairly similar. Yeah. It's weird because you had like a much fuller face and Michael very much has like that baby face thing going on right now. Um, As of right now, it is getting 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. If you're a Sopranos fan, definitely, uh, definitely, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I believe it's on HBO Max, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah, and uh, not 100% on that, but yeah, you can see it on a whole bunch of different, uh, like, you can, I think you can see it in the theaters, so, yeah, yeah, you can actually see it in the theaters, I'm looking at some of the showtimes right now, so if you want to go out and venture out there, you can do that as well. Uh, the next movie is a sequel, and a sequel that, uh, or the first movie got a lot of crap thrown its way, and I accidentally ended up watching it once and really enjoyed it, <laughs> and that's, that's The Addams Family 2. So this is the animated one, right? The animated one. So So why were people pooing on it? Okay, so the tomato meter on the first movie, which came out in 2019, only gave it 45%. Wow. Um, But the audience score was 69%. Nice. I mean, it's a cartoon movie. It's for kids. It doesn't necessarily look like what we remember. It has its own style. Absolutely. Which, of course, it does. Uh, my dad wanted, like, saw that it was on demand. He's like, I keep trying to watch the Addams Family movie, and it's not the right movie. I'm like, no, Dad, that is. That's the animated <laughs> one. He was trying to watch the OG the live action one, yeah, one yeah, which yeah. We, bo- we all love. Like, I grew up watching oh, those. one of my favorites, and yeah. still, yeah, top favorite movies to watch, especially during this time of year. And we're like, well, let's watch it. Let's check it out. Side note, Gomez Adams looks exactly like my first boss ever, except he's a lot nicer and not greedy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Uh, but it was fun. It taught a lesson. It was that whole idea of, yeah, we look scary. We look different, but that doesn't make us bad people. That doesn't mean that we're not friendly. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you judging us before you get to know us just because we're different? And that's a really awesome moral of a story that kids can watch. Absolutely. And just the voice actors. Like in the first movie, we had uh, Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron, Chloe Grace Moritz, Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester. In case you didn't know, Oscar <laughs> I didn't Isaac. I did know yeah. that. That's funny. So Oscar Isaac is Gomez. Obviously, Charlize Theron was Morticia. Chloe Gro- uh, Grace Moritz, Wednesday Adams, Finn Wolfhart, we know from Stranger Things. He's Pugsley Adam. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah, and he doesn't look like he's appearing in this one. I don't know if he just got too busy. Or if he's gotten too grown up to be playing oh, Pugsley. Oh, maybe his voice dropped. Yeah, because it's like this little kid uh, <laughs> is now playing him. Uh, so Nick Kroll was Uncle Fester and Snoop Dogg was It. <laughs> uh, but like, Okay, I the... need to actually go see this. Well, I need like, to watch okay, this. Okay, so the original one, the first one, we had Bette Midler as Grandma, Allison Janney as wow. uh, like the good guy, but bad guy, but kind of good guy. You'll, yeah, you have yeah, to see it. Martin that. Short was Grandpa. Catherine O'Hara was the other grandma. Wow. Titus Burgess. Like, all-star cast. And so that's why I was like, why are people crapping on it? This was actually fun. Uh, this one has pretty much everyone... Uh, like the main, main cast. Like we got Bette Midler again. We got Bill Hader in it this time. It, it just looks like it's going to be fun because I love the Addams Family. It yeah, doesn't right? have any reviews. as a, Just one review. So there is no score. 
Okay, so yeah, yeah, you'll have to. I mean, again, we're talking sequels, so I mean, mm-hmm. if you know what you're getting into from the first one, it stands to reason you're going to get about the same product when you're getting the next one. And it looks like they're kind of going the route of um, Hotel Transylvania, the Adam Sandler, uh, Selena Gomez. Oh yeah, it, like because it looks like they're going on vacation. Ooh. <laughs> so the first one was like they they needed to find a home because they kept getting like you know. The, the whole pitchforks and getting run out of town kind of thing. And they found the perfect gothy home that was haunted. and But they accepted them because they're equally creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a whole town kind of gets built around them. It's the per- picture-perfect cookie-cutter hometown. And they're selling it as this beautiful place. But then the clouds clear and you have the Adams family's <laughs> dark mansion on the top. And at, nobody's okay with this. Like, property values. We gotta sell homes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but this looks like they're they're gonna be doing some uh, some vacationing. Nice. Um, another movie. I am so confused. Okay. I, so this is a horror movie. Okay. Like, question mark mystery thriller <laughs> thriller drama question mark. It, and the only reason I bring it up is because it's got eighty eight percent certified fresh on the tomato meter and apparently at the cons festival it won like a couple awards. Oh. So it's okay. supposed to be really good, but I read the the little like movie info that Rotten Tomato has. I read the info like the synopsis on IMDb and they gave me two different things. So it was very I don't I don't understand. So it's uh the movie's called Titan. Uh, okay. It says a metal highly resistant to heat and corrosion with high tensile strength alloys often used in medical prothesis due to its pronounced bio uh, capability. So I'm wondering if that's just the definition of the word. That is definitely just the definition of the but word. But that's, that's what they word? use as the synopsis. Uh, yeah, it looks super... Okay, rated R, by the way. I saw the trailer and a lot of, a lot of twerking, a lot of nudity. A lot of not for the kids. <laughs> One of uh, I, I was I just googled it just to kind of look up at it as well, and so I found on the Google the uh, the film synopsis is a woman who has a metal plate in her head embarks on a bizarre journey. Did a little bit more research and looked on the wiki. Uh, it stars uh, Agatha Roussel as a female serial killer who becomes pregnant after having sex with a car. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Like I, so I'm looking at the yeah the Wikipedia. They have the whole plot on there, and I think it probably even spoils it at the end. So if you don't want to know, don't read the rest. It, it is all kinds of weird. Oh, Titan! It's a French film, and that's French mm. for titanium. Oh, ah. like I knew it was obviously <laughs> not American. Okay. I just yeah, thought that was yeah. her name or a nickname. Oh, yeah, I was trying much. to figure this out. Yeah, like it's because you don't. I don't recognize any of the actors. Yeah, and they're, they're all, all foreign actors. And now looking at, they all have like Frenchish names. Yes. So okay, so this and again, you, the, the Cannes Film Festival is in France, in Cannes, France. So mm, okay, some, some of this, uh, like I was, when I was watching the trailer, did you guys ever see the movie Blue Velvet? Yes, that's a David Lynch weird movie. That so is, uh, it was one of those back in the blockbuster days. So children, there used to be these stores. <laughs> it was like Netflix, except. You had to go in and get the DVD or VHS, depending on what year it was and what setup you had at home, and you can bring that home and watch it, then you brought it back. Before streaming services, yeah. this was the norm. And, it was, and if you rented something like Blue Velvet and you were a kid and it was three days, that's what you got to watch. You didn't get to go back. <laughs> Unless you were lucky that uh, they had a promotion going on where you can rent as many movies as you want in the course of a month, but you can only do two at a time. So you could literally Just go back every day. Just run right back. 
Uh, so my my boyfriend and I would always go in and get movies on the weekends. <laughs> and I'd always see this. I'm like, the cover looks so pretty. I don't really get what it's about. I'm reading the back. I don't know. We should get it one day. And I'm sure. we're sitting there like, what are we watching? It's been there. That's kind of the vibe I'm yeah. getting in like some of the scenes with like the dad. I if you really want to know basically the whole plot and the ending, it's on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. If you're into these kind of movies, I say check it out and please give us a review because I am fascinated, but I don't like horror and I'm not risking it. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those ones where it's and it's also noted as body horror, which is something mm-hmm. along the lines where bodies get altered. So um, a lot of times people get squicked out by that. So um, just be prepared. And yeah, if you want to maybe uh, watch the trailer. Like I said, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. And maybe you can just be one of those fancy horror fans who are like, look at me, I'm watching all of these obscure horror films. Uh, there's another <laughs> horror film. It's got 92% certified Whoa. fresh. I've not heard of this one. It's called Coming Home in the Dark. Mm. Um, it's a family's idyllic outing at an isolated coastline, because that's always how it starts, mm-hmm. descends into terror when a high school teacher, Alan Hoagie Hoganrad, and his wife, Jill, and stepsons unexpectedly come across a pair of murderous drifters. Mm, that's so usually how that works, yeah. So murderous. Um, I, I Much murder. <laughs> I don't know if this is like an indie film, if this is another foreign film, because I don't recognize anybody, because they don't even have pictures. Oh, wow, yeah, maybe. Or they're just, uh, I mean, a lot Up of the times- Yeah, with the horror movies, a lot of times you'll just get anyone who you who is acting in wherever you're doing right. it just to get in on those. And a lot of the times they like having unnamed people just because sometimes the star power will take away from, I don't want to say the gravitas of the movie because they're horror movies, but it, it takes away from the fun of it. It, it, it really does. It, you, you, you're you like, oh, no, nobody nobody's going to kill Brad Pitt. Like, well, unless it's Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> oh. But like I said, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you do check it out, please let us know how it is. Mm-hmm. And one other one, just bringing it up because it has big names, has no ratings at all. Never heard of this. And it has one of those covers when you look at it. Looks like one of those B movies that you get when all the other nice. good movies from Blockbuster were rented, <laughs> or straight to even DVD movies. Uh, the Survivalist, uh, and like I said, the only reason I bring it up is because it has like some big names. You have John Malkovich, Jonathan Rhys Meyer, Lori Petty. You know, Tank Girl. Yeah, nice. Um, it's a year and a half after the fall of civilization due to. A viral outbreak. Oh, okay. A formal FBI agent is forced to protect a young woman immune to the disease from a dangerous gang leader hunting her. Yeah, you know what? Maybe not Maybe not so much disease mm. pandemic type things. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still watching a lot of television shows based around that, and I'm kind of cool with not necessarily yeah. dealing with that. So read the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Hollywood, read the room. Not yet. Not ready for this. Uh, but if you do see any movies this weekend, including Venom, maybe the Many Saints of Newark, or even the Addams Family 2, we want to hear from you. Let us know. Mm-hmm. And until next time, stay nerdy.